Hello and good day, beautiful podcast family. What a privilege and honor to be with you once again. We have an absolutely exceptional episode of the show for you today, and I am sending all of my love, well wishes, prayers, positive intents to you, your family, your friends, wishing you all of the best. We have my friend Mark Champagne on, and we are talking about his new book, Personal Socrates, Questions That Will Upgrade Your Life. This is an absolutely amazing episode. We talk about Mark's transition from big corporate to entrepreneurship. Uh, leaving an app he created with 86 million impressions, the importance of creating space in your mind, um, the saying in Buddhism when they call it mental nutriments, uh, the buckets of reflection, the art of reflection and thinking, uh, different profiles of, of masters and legends, uh, clarity plus intentional ac- action, the formula and Socrates method, uh, experience stacking, overcoming fear, and so much more. Uh, failure, th- th- I'm just going through the show notes here and there's so many amazing uh, tidbits that are practical that you can apply today in your life. So if you enjoy this episode, please share it far and wide with your friends. Uh, Go over to iTunes and leave a review on this podcast. That's really helpful as well. Um, And consider going to mattbelair.com and becoming a member. You can do so for free or by donation since uh, it's the best way to support the show because Patreon no longer exists as that got deleted. So if you want to support this show, uh, go to mattbelair.com, become a member, and uh, you can just donate whatever you want or nothing at all it's totally up to you and uh that's it and for those of you guys who want to go from a job to a vocation you want to make a difference in this world and you want clarity for living your life purpose and you want to learn how to architect your life uh, using peak performance tools tools from spirituality esoteric and everything in between check out the soul compass course you can also check out the quantum heart hypnosis audios which are incredibly powerful they go from everything from designing your life purpose on knowing it from your heart from your truest authentic self uh, overcoming fear developing courage overcoming uh, imposter syndrome and developing your self-worth and so much more and then you could also even join me in my atomic alchemy mastermind group as my guest there is a mastermind group you can definitely be a part of where it's supportive community where we go over there's tools and there's tons and tons of training like mining community and one-on-one coaching so if i can support you in, in reaching your goals in any way just hit me up matt at zenathlete.com i'd love to hear from you and uh, support you and help how i can uh, you can find me on telegram um, i'm on tiktok i'm not posting there mostly on telegram um but that's it so the best way to support the show as always is to do three kind acts in the world and uh let's come into a state of peace and coherence before we dive in wherever you are in the world just stop what you're doing take in a deep breath in through your nose hold that breath and let it out slowly filling every cell muscle and fiber of your being with peace joy contentment courage faith and get ready to enjoy this amazing episode with mark champagne Hello and welcome to the Mastermind Body and Spirit Show. I'm your host, Matthew Belair. As you know, we are currently overcoming massive censorship. So if you want to support this show, please share it, leave a review, share it with your friends, do what you can to get the word out there. Uh, consider doing three kind acts wherever you are in the world today. And the show is also backed up on mattbelair.com where you can uh, contribute uh, a couple bucks a month if you want, like Patreon, because that's deleted too. Or you can even get it for free if you just email me, matt at zenathlete.com. Today's guest unpacks the mental fitness practices and reflective questions shaping the lives of some of the most successful and brilliant thinkers in the world. He is the author of Personal Socrates, a best-selling book exploring the pointed questions that stimulate our mental fitness and teach us how to direct our internal narrative to work for us instead of against us. He studies the prompts and practices of legends such as Kobe Bryant, Robin Williams, and many others to bring clarity, intentionality, and possibility to every aspect of your life. Welcome to the show, my friend, Mark Champagne. Mr. Belair, it's great to be here. Thank you. Bro, I'm so stoked we're doing this. Um, I'm so glad we're chatting. When we did the first podcast, I, we talked about making this a book, and now it is a book. Um, you're so, the insight. Remember that? Yeah. And, and I was yes. like, bro, you got to make this a book. Um, you know, so I just loved our first podcast and, and staying in touch and your story. So why don't we start a little bit about that? Because we, we were diving in a little bit before because you were in a, one world doing something. Then you transition yeah. and you do the journaling app and now it's transitioned to the book. So you've kind of been someone that I've respected because you came out of like the corporate guaranteed 
money type of situation and you start to follow your gut, follow your soul. And then now it's just been evolving and you've been adapting and just doing great work. So I'd love for you to share a bit about that story. Well, thank you. Yeah. I mean, the last time we spoke would have been probably more at the height of um, when I was running Keo, a, a, a guided journaling app. And probably soon after that, that whole business and app exploded in all the wrong ways. And, and I had to delete um, an app that had reached 86.9 million people. But before that, just to back it. 86.9 list- million. Yeah. App Store wild. Impressions. It Amazing. was it was wild. Um, but before that, just for, for people that, um, you know, maybe haven't seen the, the, our first episode, I was, yeah, I was in the corporate space. I was doing brand management and sales in, in, in the pharmaceutical industry out of all places. Um, and I left that because throughout the whole time in, in that world, around eight years or so, I always had some sort of mental fitness practice. And for me, it was a journaling uh, practice or a reflection practice. And I just, I started to get really frustrated with the digital options that were out there um, because I was traveling a lot and wanted, you know, I didn't want to carry around an extra notebook and so forth. So I was using like Apple Notes and essentially word processors and eventually got to the point where I'm like, there's got to be a, a, a better way to take content which for me were prompts. I'd be reading, you know, books or material and grabbing the, the prompts that these people were reflecting on. And then I would journal on them in the, the next morning. And I said, there's gotta be a way to, to, to combine that content with a guided flow, just like the meditation apps are, are doing. And at that time, Headspace and Calm were really taking off with kind of the mainstream. And that's what sparked the, the departure. Um, and so I wasn't leaving in, in, in a sense of like, I didn't like my job or anything like that. There, it was more of, I would regret not trying this. And as I went down the path, we, like I said, we launched the app, we reached a ton of different people, primarily through a lot of just brand collaborations and, and bringing in a lot of really, uh, rich content so that when we launched it, it was full, you know, the app wasn't just empty with uh, placeholder content or coming soon. It was loaded up with content and it wasn't necessarily all of ours. It was people that had credibility in the space. Um, but long story short, financially, we couldn't figure it out. You know, we weren't developers. The, the marketing plan and the strategy, all that stuff worked really well. But we went through probably about three different development teams throughout that journey and eventually got to the point where we were with a local team in Hamilton, actually, which meant that it was costing a lot more money as well. Um, and we got to the point where we were mentally and financially maxed out. And we had to make a, a tough decision that, you know what, I think this is probably where we're going to have to to end this this option for, for this type of work. Both myself and my brother-in-law and co-founder, young families, you know, and we're just, that was weighing on us. So I know for me personally, the decision was really hard to make, but it felt right in the sense that I had found the right work. And this is, I'm trying to bring this all back because at, at that time, the backup plan, if, if this thing wasn't going to work, would be to go back to the old job, but that no longer felt right. And, it, and I wanted to stay in the preventative mental fitness or mental health side of thing with my work. Uh, but the question was then how? And, and here we are. <laughs> oh, man. Well, that, that's a really amazing story. And I think it just illustrates the importance of, you know, that first leap of following your gut. Because even though, you know, the app wasn't successful in the way that you could have hoped, where you could have done this service for other people, and then it financially compensate you and your family so you're supported, that's obviously the dream. Um, but it didn't work out exactly that way, but you still had all these impressions and you were still doing what the mission was, but then you had to adapt to the way it was being delivered. And so you didn't go back to the way it was. And I always say to people, the matrix will always take you back. The doors will be wide and open. And if you leave, they're going to try to make it even more enticing for you to come back. So it's okay to, to go out on a leap and not be successful in the way that you imagined. Um, you're going to learn from it. You're going to change and then you're going to adapt. And so when we were talking on the last podcast and we were friends like, bro, you got to write a book. I was like, this sounds amazing. Like if we're not going to do the app, I feel like it would be such a powerful book. There's not a lot out there. So let's talk a little bit about uh, personal Socrates and the importance of journaling and self-reflection. I don't think that self-reflection is a, is a process that 
um, as many people should, should do like mental training and sport, they should do that, but it's not popularized. It's not mainstream yet. So I feel like mm-hmm. not everyone's doing it. You know, I was coaching a young kid today and I love coaching kids because you teach them basics about mindset and clearing their mind and visualizing and reflecting. And I was like, you know, and I told him just grab a journal and start processing these things. Because one of the analogies I gave is if you go through life, you know, your body's kind of like your, your hard drive, your computer. So if it's bunged up with all this emotional stuff and you don't process it, you don't clear it in in journaling, reflection, prayer, meditation, some sort of channel, you're going to stress out the body because it's going to hold that energy. Like when you have a totally. negative experience, you hold the energy, you feel it and it sinks. So you got to like process it and move it in a, in a way. And, and reflecting is amazing on processing negative emotions, but knowing who you are. And that's the key. So I'd love for you to speak a little bit on that. Well, just, just on that point, I mean, I, the other thing that, that comes to mind for me or, or the example I often use is just the, the idea that like we need to create space in our minds. It's like it's a, if you imagine a physical room and you jam that room just full of boxes and things and stuff and then all of a sudden you know like oh I need to go get that book or that lamp I know it's in there somewhere you're gonna get it you're gonna you're gonna eventually find it but ultimately you're gonna exhaust all this energy you're gonna have to empty out the room you're gonna be pissed off frustrated I mean I our minds are the same thing with all these emotions and thoughts and decisions but we can organize it you know we can help release and like you said process and create some space and then be able to actually retrieve the 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 answers we're seeking because they're there we just need to let our minds do the you know do the magic and that's where i think mental fitness is is really helpful and to me the the umbrella is mental fitness journaling is one of them and anything related to mental health or mental performance or mental resiliency it all falls under the umbrella um and for me it's it's so it's it's so funny because I I completely forgot but it, I remember it clear as day now that you I remember that conversation you said you need to write a book about this but I completely forgot that you said that because it, it it there was a gap there between the deleting the app and actually the idea for the book because the, the, that time I'll never forget it I was in a co-working space in Toronto uh, by myself or I should say you know not with the team we had a small team of five kind of scattered around the world sitting there with my laptop looking at the apple dashboard and i see that 86.9 million app store impressions and the next step is to hit delete from app store and all the wrong questions start to come up like how could we fail at such a colossal (laughs) level like what would my family think what would all the my ex-colleagues think that i remember when i said i was leaving it was almost like they were saying oh, I have an idea too. Like you're so courageous for doing it. And then now I'm going to, you know, show back up with kind of like the tail between my legs, Um, (laughs) which I didn't, but those were the, those were the feelings and the emotions. And, and at the same time, I'm living in, in Toronto, Canada, one of the most expensive cities in our country. And I'm living or renting at that point, renting a place that we never even liked to begin with. It was all supposed to be temporary. We're in an area that it's not really us. And, I'm thinking I've got, I think, a two-year-old at that point. Like, how much of the stress is he feeling? Even though as, as parents, we're doing everything possible not to, for, for him to feel that. And I just, I could, because I was working in the mental health space when I left the, the pharmaceutical industry. So I knew the signs of, of, of slipping into a depression. And that's where I was going. Because it, it was the first time in my life where I had no plan forward. And I knew that. I was lit up by this work and this is the work that, you know, I was meant to do, but now I just deleted the business that was keeping me in there. So after kind of weeks of just literally waking up, feeling physically sick and and not great, I did everything possible to go back to, well, wait a second. I've interviewed hundreds of incredible humans, you know, yourself included. uh, And all of these people are asking very different questions and they, they have these practices to pop them into the present moment and to leverage gratitude. So I started doing that to the point where I I paused the narrative just long enough to ask, what do I truly want for my life? And that was the question that saved me. And that, and I share that because that, that was the catalyst to the, for me, at least the realization that no matter who we are, where we're at in life, we're all one question away from a completely different life. For me, that was the one. And, and that's the whole idea behind personal Socrates is that 
just like the app, you know, we were I'm providing stories and narratives and, 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 and use cases from people like the Picassos of the world or Jane Austen or Maya Angelou and doing that through questions so that someone will res re resonate with uh, Picasso or Maya Angelou or, or any of the other 40 profiles just enough to stop and think and get clear, right? And to your, I think you mentioned it like, who am I right now? Who am I striving to become? And what's the gap? You know, who do I need to speak with? What do I need to do? Like, we're all asking questions. I feel like our life, our lives are just a series of questions and answers. It's just, are we intentionally asking good questions? And I think a quality question links back to the timing of it. It's got to land, right? Like for me, that big question saved me from a, from a depression and set me on the path I'm on now. But if you ask me that same question now, it serves as a good check-in but it doesn't have the same power uh, that it did before, right? So yeah, so that, that, that was the, the, the idea behind the book and saying, you know what, just because I had to leave a vehicle behind, essentially, which was, which was the app in this space, it doesn't mean that I'm exiting the space of mental fitness. And then the, the idea of, well, why don't I write a book about this? I mean, the thing with the books, it, no matter how much technology we throw out there, they still have some sort of staying power. And uh, even myself, I mean, I read on Kindle and things like that, but there's still something about holding a physical book. And also that the, I, I realize at the end now, writing a book, as you know, just really clarifies your own thoughts and, you know, protocols and principles. And, and my book looks like uh, a university textbook. It's just like highlighted and flagged all over the place to help, you know, when I'm working with, with, people one-to-one -one or teams um like i'm using it as a workbook almost that's amazing well there's so much uh, wisdom in that story there and i love how that you responded to it um and you also i just want to highlight this at any point we are one question away from a different light uh life and there's uh, so many quotes out there that just talk about how the wisdom of life comes from the higher quality question you have so it's not about having the answers it's just a, at arriving at a uh a more important question, a more meaningful question, and then to contemplate yeah. on that. And it also illustrates the idea that when we're moving towards something that fulfills us, something that we know that we want to do or provide, it's not always going to be smooth sailing. There's always going to be adaptation. There is much less certainty in the result that you're going to get, although we hope for lots of money. So like I said at the beginning, whoa, I forgot it was big pharma. I was like, you were like, that's the way. So you got out of like, whoa, something doesn't feel right here. And imagine being in that space now with all the things going on, you'd be like, I yeah. don't know if I want to be a part of that. But on the flip side, you decide, you know what? I feel like reflection and 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 asking important questions is something that can benefit people. How do I make a living and support my family? And there's no guarantees, but there is a guarantee in going to big pharma and corporate and things like that. So yeah. it shows just spiritual integrity, but it ends up being worth it for your soul and you have to continually adapt, but you'll notice how the universe will respond and you'll get these different experiences that happen that know that you're supported, but it doesn't mean you're not going to have the moments where you fail and you need to try again. Right. And, oh, for you know, sure. Sports has always taught me that, you know, you just fail until you get it. And so yeah. um, I'd love for you to talk a little bit about some elements to mental fitness or some other questions that, uh, you know, you use as a practice. How do we integrate that as a practice? Because people say journaling, some of the guys are like, I'm not going to journal. I'm not a wuss or something. And then some other yeah. people might be like, well, how do I do it? How do I um, go through? And in your book is a great way for just having basic prompts. Right. And so I'm yeah. curious if you can uh, talk about some of those ideas. Well, I mean, I wrote the book from the perspective of what I knew I needed and what worked for me in the sense of how do I maintain, how do I develop and and also maintain a consistent mental fitness practice? So that's why the book is written in, in, in a format of profiles where each profile is anywhere from three to five pages long. And I mean, I recorded the audiobook in this booth, so I know that's, they're only 10 to 12 minutes long so it's not a huge investment of time but it's enough that if you pick up the book and it doesn't have to be this book but just pick up something to start your day and fuel your mind with positive and good mental nutrition right just like we 
strive to do or I hope we strive to do with our with our food, right? Like we all realize if we're going to eat like shit for day, days and days in and days out that we're going to start feeling that and then disease is going to show up. I mean, it's pretty it's pretty clear that uh, that's the formula for for a situation like that. Well, it's the same thing with our minds, right? Like we first thing we do and tune into the news or social media or emails. I mean, we're already starting the day in like a reactive mode and we're not starting on our own terms. So for me, Mark, in in Buddhism, that's what one of their main teachings was, was mental nutriments, right? What you're feeding your mind on a daily basis. So they were really adamant about that, right? What you're feeding your mind, because uh, there's also like the five gates, what you're hearing, what you're seeing, what you're smelling, all these different things. So being very deliberate because you can be deliberate with those things. So um, yeah, please continue. Oh, I like that. I like that. Um, so, so yeah, so doing something to, you, you, you know, put your mind first and start the day on your own terms and start your day with a prime mind. I mean, and, and every, we're all different, but I would, I would highly suggest for people to, to list out and think of the buckets. Like, what can I do from a reflection standpoint? Journaling is a go-to for me, obviously. And it's, and it's funny because when I was starting the app, I used to get this all the time. Like, oh, you're talking about the 12-year-old girl writing her diary about the boy at school. <laughs> and I'm like, not that there's anything wrong with that. But no, I'm talking about all these people that you, you know, you're reading their books, watching their TED Talks. I mean, they're taking time to still their mind and think. And, and I really think, especially right now, the, the art of reflection and thinking is, is almost a superpower that I feel very few people are accessing. And because we, we live in a very autopilot society that, you know, everything is really designed to, to be as efficient as possible or we want to be as productive as possible and like here's the flow and blah, blah, blah. And then we get into this mode where we don't stop and just ask a question and start to think, right? Um, because as soon as... As soon as curiosity is gone, we're not growing as 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 a as a human. I mean, if you think about it, we're all born curious. I mean, we have to be curious just to learn how to walk. We have to be curious to, to reach out and grab the table to, to stand up, right, or take the first step. It's curiosity, and I, I know you've you've got uh, you've got one kid, right? Yeah, I mean. And, and I've got a five and a half year old and it's like question central nonstop, right? All these great questions. And, and often I'm sitting back and I'm like, that's a good question. I actually don't know the answer to that. I mean, I'm, I'm glad you're, you're asking it. But at some point, then, then kids are sent into the education system. And this is not the harp on the education system, but the hands start to go down, right? People aren't asking as many questions and fear, there's fear of being judged and so forth and a whole, a whole host of other things. And eventually a curiosity just starts to get stifled until we hit some sort of wall. Something happens, something explodes in our lives and we're forced to ask questions again. And then usually that's kind of like that midlife point. And it's like, well, am I really doing the things that I want to be doing? Am I really the person I want to be? So my goal, though, with with all of this work is to try to shorten that gap and keep keep ourselves asking questions and, and, and guide and teach people how to ask good questions. And in order to do that, from my study, at least from from the interviews and as well as the people of the past, you have to have a clear mind. It's really hard to ask good questions when your your mind is, is jammed full. And one example, there's one there's a profile on a, on a guy by the name of Chip Conley, who he was the founder of one of the largest uh, boutique hotel uh, chains in, in North America called Joie de Vivre. He ran that for about 24 years and then sold it. And he then he was asked by the founders of, of, of Airbnb before they were you know as big as they are now. Uh, Brian Chesky specifically he said, Chip, can you can you come on board as our mentor? You know, and he said, yeah, absolutely. It's really interesting. You guys are revolutionizing the hospitality scene and I'm, I'm coming out of that. Let's do it. And he shared the story. He said, you know, when I got there, I got into the meetings and he's like, I had no no idea what the hell they were talking about. It's like there's all this technology going on. Um, and most of the people in the room were in their early 20s. And, and here's Chip. I think he was in his 50s at that point. And he just felt so you know, disconnected from the pulse of that organization that it's like, if, if I'm going to be useful for this team, I can't just be the mentor. I have to be the intern and to be the intern, I need to be curious and I need to be present. I need to ask really good questions. 
And then he started to then share with me, he said, you know, this is the importance of a daily check-in. Because for, for him, you know, answering questions like, how fresh and alive do I feel today? You know, is such a great predictor or, or uh, view into what's actually going on. Because the feelings are there. If, you, if you're answering that, you know, I don't feel very fresh. I feel stressed. Well, why? You know, what's fueling that? And what can I do to, to acknowledge that and release it or rechannel it? Like whatever it is. But one thing we can guarantee if we don't, if we don't stop to do something, the feeling's still there and it's just going to keep, you know, dragging into the day. It affects how we think. It affects our mood. And then it, it, it piles into our heads, right? So just even short check-ins. If you're not doing anything at this point, while your coffee or your tea's brewing, like how do I want to show up today? You know, set one word intention or set a, a one word theme for the year. Um, and, um, you know, that's enough usually to get started. And then, as you know, uh, Matt, I mean, like then a whole other world opens up and there's just so many different practices that we can jump into to, to continue to support that journey. Right. That's amazing, man. I, well, I absolutely love all that. And, and sometimes it's just a simple reminder. It's like we know what we're supposed to do, but we don't do it. And so how can we make it an easy practice? Because even when you uh, said that question to me, I was like, I don't ask myself that. Like I'll do a daily journaling, but just that little one is like, you know, how fresh and alive do I feel today? You know, and just check yeah. in. And what that does is bring awareness because if you do that each and every day, you're going to start to notice some themes and then you can unravel where that stress comes from and then you can respond to it. But if you aren't not taking an assessment and you kind of just, you know, let it go, it's going to get worse. Just like if you let your health go for a duration of time, you can get away for, for a while, but there might be a, a kickback from reality mm -hmm. from all those choices that you've made, you know, that compound over time. And so I think that that's a really wonderful practice. And I like in the book, you, you have about three categories is get clear, you know, it's yeah. kind of like, who am I and then living intentionally and then expanding your possibility. And all of this will form from knowing who you are, all of life will uh, uh, unravel more aligned with if, if you're really clear on who you are, and what's most important to you, and how you want to navigate things, right? You know, being a father, it changes things for me. And, and when I was younger, I kind of did the same thing. I just thought about what's most important to me. But now those things when I was younger that were most important are not now. But mm -hmm. that's because I was reflecting when I was younger and I was able to experience a lot of the things that I'm proud of today. But now that I'm a father, those goals and who I want to be and how I want to express in this life are very different from continuing the reflection process. It's an ongoing process of navigating life. It's kind of like you're on this endless sea and you're constantly adjusting from trying new things from then reflecting on, Oh, wow, that didn't work, you know, or that yeah. wasn't what I thought, or that was amazing. I'd like to do that again. And I'd like to expand it in this different way. So the more aligned we can become, it's just so key. And so I, I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about your process for getting clear, you know, people are like, who am I? What do I want to do? What's my life purpose? You know, like when you're in big farm, I like, okay, I'm going to do this, but wait, I got this yeah. paycheck and I got kids. That's a lot of stuff to let go of, including fear and uncertainty. So, you know, I, I commend your bravery for being able to make the leap. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. I mean, it, it definitely was not easy. Um, well, and I should say like the, uh, clarity, we, we have to start with clarity, but the, it, it comes from the formula that I've seen play out over and over again with anyone I've interviewed that I really respect. And then it also marries up with the Socratic method. And that's, that's, how, that's what you see in the structure of the book. And that actually only, that it was only revealed to me probably halfway through writing. I'm like, ah, oh, this is it. And it was revealed to me in a way of like, wow, when I was struggling to write these profiles, the, the ones that were the most challenging, it's because I didn't spend enough time first getting clear. I just jumped into it. And when you just jump into something, you can make some prog progress, but eventually, when we all, any project is like this, there's something happens and, and it doesn't get better until we pause to get clear on what the hell ha just happened, right? And I see this playing out over and over again. So if, we, if, if, if you take clarity plus intentional thought or intentional actions to support that newfound clarity, then the third part of the book and the third part of that formula and expansion of possibility just happens by default. Because again, you've, you've organized your mind and you can see the path. It's there. It, 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 it's always been there. It's just now we can see it. So, 
you know, for, for me, it, 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 it always starts with getting clear. And uh, I'm reminded of, of something I learned from uh, James Clear, who's, who's well known in, in the habit formation and system space. And he's one of the profiles. And, and just answering a question like, am I climbing the right mountain? Right? Because we can feel busy and feel like we're, you know, we're doing good work, but is it is it work on the right mountain, right? <laughs> Instead of getting to the peak and be like, oh shit, that's that actually not what I really want. So just getting clear on, well, you know what, what would the ideal day look and feel like for me? Not to say that it's all gonna just play out in one shot, but if if you could have everything go your way like how would you feel each day and what would that look like like be granular with it. and it's a fun journaling exercise because it automatically puts your mind in a state of of possibility and creation and excitement because you're you're thinking of obviously of, of what would light you up but that's a good predictor at least to do a check-in to see okay well if this is how i want my day to play out and the type of people i want to be speaking with the type of work i want to be doing and my, and I, then I look at my calendar and look at what's actually happening. Well, there's the disconnect. And then that's when the questions around intentionality come in. Okay, well, how can I make some adjustments so that, um, you know, at least I can start moving closer and closer to the person that I'm striving to become or that, I, that, that resonates or the, 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 the desires I have for my life, right? And then just bit by bit, we just keep checking in with ourselves. Like, okay, what am I hearing? You know, when I feel the most, uh, I guess you could say stressed or overwhelmed where things just feel like there's a lot going on, the easiest thing to stop that for me is A, just a uh, quick gratitude practice because then you flip your mode into, you flip your mind into, uh, you know, nice neurochemical cocktail of serotonin and dopamine and send a message to someone that, that means uh, something to you. But then the next thing I always, I do is just answer the question like, what am I hearing in the whispers? What am I pretending not to know right now? And usually, again, we have the answers to all this. We just need to slow it down a bit. It's like when you go for a run and all of a sudden you have all these new ideas that are popping or ideas in the shower. So our minds are, are, are still, right? So starting there to understand and, and just continuing, continuing to check in, then we can move into to making those course corrections. Something as simple as, uh, and it's Friday as when we're recording this, uh, I do this every Friday. I usually do it around 3 p.m. just so I'm not like trying to rush out to to close off the day. And it serves as a, a, an amazing bookend to the week and also allows me to come into the weekend just really present and there for, for myself and my family. And it's three prompts. What did I learn this week? What would I have changed this week? And what can I celebrate about this week? And I guarantee if, if this is the only mental fitness you're doing each week, just starting there, you do this for a couple weeks and you're going to feel, you're going to feel the benefits of those three questions that take 10 minutes to answer. I've said a lot. I'll leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, man. I was taking notes. I actually had that in one of my questions. I remember that from our first podcast, uh, your Friday practice, and I'm glad you're still doing it. And I like how you're speaking about it in a very succinct formula. This is an ongoing practice for navigating life. And when I'm working with clients, one of the things that I like to do, and, and if you're listening to the podcast, you should definitely do this, um, get a bracelet or a watch or something external and learn to monitor what's going on in, in your world. So you know, one of my first mentors was Michael Lozier. He wrote the book, The Law of Attraction. And, you know, the mm. simple definition is I attract my life, whatever I give my attention, energy and focus to whether negative or positive. And so if you're speaking about negative things or you're complaining or you're doing all these uh, different things, um, you can then just stop and ask, what, what do I want? So for me in sports... Yeah. If I don't want to fall on the backflip, right? I can't be visualizing that before I go because I'm going to create my reality, totally. right? So in life, it's just a bit slower. So we don't get that immediate feedback. So I want to land the backflip or I want to be successful in this or I want to change my internal dialogue to be whole and complete, even though I quote unquote failed at my first attempt, but I'm not a failure. It was just that one didn't work out. That's okay. And so, but yeah. you can go a little bit further with that in into monitoring your emotions so it's 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 learning to be aware what you're speaking and how you're feeling so if you're feel yourself constantly anxious or consciously depressed you know or, or consistently say okay oh i notice i'm anxious great 
you take that bracelet, flip it to the other side and just take three deep breaths and set the intention. I want to feel a little bit more whole and complete right now. And just in mm. doing that, it starts to break this unconscious pattern. And, um, yeah. you know, I, I really enjoy coaching younger people because it helps me and just like writing the book, it helps you become more clear and coaching this uh, younger person today. I was talking to him about um, how, uh, you know, he's got an influence in one of his coaches and his coaches are like one of those negative feedbacks. If you don't do it right, you kind of get yelled at and benched and things like yeah. that. And I was trying to explain, like, you know, you've got this external reality of this, this coach who's, who's doing something and you're going to just automatically feel crappy. Right. Even yeah. I said, I'm 36. I know martial arts. And uh, somebody says, Matt, you're, I see him podcast. You're a loser and you're so wrong. Immediately. I might feel negative for a second. But then I know yeah. how to stop that because it just unconsciously happens because it's an uncomfortable thing to be made fun of and, and for people to do hurtful things to you, you know, but I've learned over time to, to not ride that out. Am I going to ride it out for five seconds, one minute, a day, 10 years, right? And so we can um, really influence our internal states and we, we can take control of that, you know, through our mm -hmm. process of just stopping for a second right? Knowing who we are, you know, connecting to our breath, connecting to what's real important. And then that's where we're adding our will of who we yeah. truly are, because that fulfillment is never going to come from outside of you. My self-worth, self-love is never going to come from external validation. And if I'm looking for that, it's always going to be empty. So I got to learn how to fill myself up from within. And having this process is so key. And I feel like of all the self-help stuff out there and the people, people talking about different processes, what you share and how you articulate it and what's available in the book. And, and even from our first podcast, that is such an essential process for people to experience and then integrate kind of like working out. Isn't that complicated, but if you do it consistently, whatever one you choose is going to be helpful for your physical health. Well, this is something that's very important for your mental and emotional and spiritual well-being as you navigate life. Well, this is so thank you. I mean, but this is this is actually why I'm hanging on the Socratic method, because for me, the questions offer that pause that you're describing They give us the, the 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 luxury to just stop and take a different, you know, course or, or make a different decision or process or whatever, whatever you need in that moment without the question or without that consistent mental training that gave you the pause in the first place, then we just continue on on autopilot. And I remember when I was explaining the concept to, to, to my publisher and he, the Joey, he's got a, I think he has a minor in philosophy and he's like, Oh, you're talking about the Socratic method. And I'm like, well, I understand who, you know, I know of Socrates, like most people, the guy that asks all the questions type thing, but that's as far as it went. And I got super curious because as soon as I started to really dig into Socrates, the, the insights that came up or the, I guess the, 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 excitement was well here's a method that's literally been around for essentially like the beginning of time it stood the test of time we still use it we don't really know that we're using it which is essentially just ask a big question and ask a series of follow-up questions to bring more clarity to the situation to get us to the root cause of whatever we're trying to sort out right and i remember thinking well then like, why don't we use this more intentionally? And then I started to go down the rabbit hole and seeing what scholars were writing about the Socratic method. And they had all these question types, like six different question types and probing assumptions and clarifying thinking and so forth. And, uh, I don't, I can't even state them all, um, with you on the show. They're in the introduction of the book, but that was the problem. Like, well, we don't operate in a way of, okay, I'm in a situation, I need to ask those probing questions, or I need to question the question, or I need to, like, we just don't think like that. So I was thinking, well, how, then how do we just take the general concept of the Socratic method to ask the questions and link it up to that mental fitness formula of we need to get clear, intentional, and then expand what's possible. And, and that's what I try to do with, whether it's the podcast, the book, or any of the work that I'm doing is just to link up almost like a sommelier of questions. It's like I'm trying to link up the good bottle of wine with a great meal to make the experience even better. Let's bring in the question that will work in this situation. And it'll probably be different next month because the situation has changed or we have changed or we have evolved. So the idea for the book is, is, has always been, and even the app was, was to evolve with the person that's using it. Right. And that's why I suggest like, don't you read the introduction, but then 
then just look at the the table of contents and see which prompt or which profile sparks your your mind because that's probably where you need to go right away get clear obviously i mean keep that in mind but go where your your mind is taking you um and and, and then you'll 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 bounce around right yeah, I love that. And, you know, I can see it just as like a little coffee table book for those who don't, you know, do journaling, but it's the idea of making it easy. And that's why I love the app. I was using it for a bit, but what I don't like is technology. I like writing it down. So I'm less yeah. inclined to go on my phone. Some people will, and that's a great method, but it's the idea to show up and do those things. And whether you use these questions, you might come up with another question, but the idea is that you're engaging in that just like fitness, right? You might start with, oh, I like CrossFit or I like TRX or I like jogging. Yeah. And then he's like, hey, today, what do you want to do? Do you want to jog? Do you want to lift up some weights? Do you want to do some boxing? And like, oh, I'll try this. But then you realize there are infinite possibilities. But the important thing is to show up. And then how totally. you're going to cultivate your own questions and your own reflection. And that's what we're really trained out of in our society is pausing and reflecting and steering and being intentional. And that's how we apply our will. And that's how we apply mm -hmm. our spirit to our life. Because if you're just running your life unconsciously on autopilot, you're not directing your soul, your essence, your spirit to what you want to create. And it's sad how many people think that they can't do that. If you can imagine your big pharma guys or anybody working these jobs, they think, oh, well, I got to do this because this is, I'm making money, this and that. But the truth is, there's always a way to create what your heart and your soul want for you. But there's a lot yeah. of letting go because it is much more uncertain. It is frightening, but it's certainly possible. And that's where we want to develop that courage. And when we know who we are more and we keep doing this, it's going to be that fuel, that energy, yeah. that excitement, and that will. But if you're very unclear, Right. If I'm going off a huge snowboard jump and I don't know if I'm going to spin front side, if I'm going to spin backside, if I'm going to spin upside down and I don't know what I'm going to do, it's going to be hard for me to direct my energy and my focus and my intent to the thing that I want to create. And the more it's uh, very finite. So the hardest trick possible by the, you know, you know what they're doing in snowboarding now in the Olympics is just absurd, yeah, but they're going to watch crazy jump. And then they're like, I'm going to do three backflips and like four spins. And there's a moment where they initiate that thing so they're waiting and go boom and all of that yeah. energy that will and focus and intent goes to that form of creation and so mm -hmm. i feel like we can apply that from our to our lives using this process and so it's the invitation to start and making it simple and demystifying it yeah and just like speaking of snowboarding and just the olympics since it's it's relevant right now like i and i think this this aligns to just just our lives and showing what's possible. I just remember I was watching the, you know, the big air and, and, and whatnot in snowboarding. And I remember them um, doing the spin moves and thinking, I remember there was a time when like the 1080 was the craziest, the biggest thing possible. It still is. But when did the numbers just keep going up and up and up? Right. It's just, it, it blows my <laughs> mind to see like, the, the evolution of what's possible, right? Or even like when Tony Hawk did the first, I think he was the first one to do it on a skateboard, right? Yeah, 900. Um, 900, you're right, the 900. Um, but now we're like, we're, we're way above that. And it's insane. And I think a lot of that, I mean, obviously the, the technology with the equipment as well and, and stuff has, has changed, but I, I, would, I would suspect a lot of it has to do with just the mind and, and knowing, okay, well, if that's possible then you know we can we can push that and then it just keeps you know stacking up so yeah, yeah and, and the only other thing oh go ahead oh i was just gonna say and that's the importance also of what you're doing is studying from people who've achieved things that are admirable to you how did they do it what questions did they ask and this is when it gets into neuro-linguistic programming is neuro is how you think right what are your what are your beliefs you know what are your you know how do you process life linguistic how do you speak about what you do in your programming or your habits and so here you're kind of getting in the mindset of people who are achieving things um, that, you know, we might want to create in our life and it's inspiring us to figure out your own version, right? Here's one yeah. way I did it, but you're going to do it a totally different way. You're going to have a totally different journey, but it is possible. And here's a framework for what you're going to navigate. Guaranteed, you're going to navigate failure. 
guaranteed you're yeah. going to navigate uh you know uncertainty right but when you hit those moments, self-doubt self-doubt right exactly here are some things that can help keep you going but the journey is going to be your own I can't do it for you. Just to like in the same way for martial arts, I can't do your push-ups for you. Or if you do some cold training, I can't take the cold. We're both in that freezing cold together. And we both yeah. learn from that experience in different ways. So true. So true. And I think the, the, the only other thing that I've been so, I guess, surprised or impressed with just in this space, and especially with the interviews and, and the profiles in the book, is the simplicity. Like this stuff isn't rocket science. You know, I'm thinking of back to the Olympics. One of the profiles is on Apollo Ono, which uh, he's a short track speed skater on the U.S. team. I think at the time, definitely, I think he still is the most decorated winter Olympian. And I remember just going through um, or asking him, like, Apollo, like, how do you keep your mind primed to be, you know, at this level and perform at this level? And his his answer was so simplistic. He has... He has post-it notes like in his closet or on his fridge with his goal or a reminder or that one word for the day because like the rest of us, he's human. And if we just allow ourselves to, to not, uh, you know, non-intentionally, I should say, walk through life, then we're, we're, we're going to get programmed the other way. So we always need those reminders. And for me, that, that, that's the early morning coffee and just reading one page of maybe Stoic philosophy, just to reframe, reset, and keep my mind there. Then throughout the day, okay, yeah, you see, you see the bracelet or you see the book or you see whatever it is, just to re-trigger your mind to stay focused on where you're trying to head. Because unfortunately... And the best example for this is, is health and nutrition. Like if you walk into a grocery store and you're, you walk in there aimlessly, you're going to come out with garbage food. You know, it's, it's set up for that. You know, the end caps, the, the, the stuff that's being sold while you're waiting to pay. I mean, the whole majority of the, the middle of the grocery store is unhealthy, right? So it's just like that's one example I think that anyone can, can resonate with. So it's just it, we have to be intentional with what we're doing and it, it doesn't have to be super complicated, but we need those reminders. Yeah, hundred percent. And when you're sharing there, it just gave me the idea that you're either programming your life and making conscious decisions or you're getting programmed by some sort of other influence and yeah, it's totally. happening everywhere. You know, it happens in our education system and you know, you weren't going to talk smack about it, but I can do a whole rant and just talking all kinds of smack. <laughs> um, but as you know, especially now public education to me is a very huge danger. And when I, I recognize this, when I left school, I recognized that this thing was a danger shattering mind yeah. had nothing to do with critical thinking, um, you know, spirituality, mental health. It just had to do with rote memorization. And then you learn mm -hmm. a little bit more about how it's the Prussian system of obedience. And now it's getting even worse. Worse. And so I invite yeah. people to check out the word of John, uh, work of John Gatto. He was the teacher of the year a few times in New York and has made, you know, really brilliant books on how we educate kids. And this is why there's a resurgence in homeschooling, because if you can train a kid and give them these tools, they're going to have them their whole life. It's I think this Aristotle quote that says, give me the boy until he's seven and I'll show you the man. And part of this process we're talking about here is something that should be installed. You know, what I teach yeah. in Zen athletes should be installed, not because I created it. This is, you know, my book is still behind the times, but ahead of the times, you know, yeah, like, so I true, right? Ancient, ancient stuff. Like, why is this not popular? Why aren't they teaching kids? It works. Right. Um, and so, you know, we want to be very mindful of, of how we educate ourselves in those mental nutriments, but also these influences. And, and the smartest thing about the book and what we're talking about is we're learning from teachers who are able to achieve certain things. And we're learning about the process. It's not this, you know, fill in the blanks and it's done. It's about your own evolution mm -hmm. of yourself. Because like you said, you can ask one question today and get a totally different answer tomorrow. And the question you might ask might be a little bit different, but you're going to be able to navigate your emotional and spiritual and mental well-being. And it's not just this physical reality. And that's really what this push is in a lot of the uh, philosophies of the current times is a very material reality. There's no soul. There's no essence to anything. We need yeah. to bring that essence back into the material and just allow the material to be what it is, right? And to respond yeah. to the um, 
successes or failures we may have. And I'm curious if you can speak a little bit on just a failure in general and, and, and how you as a parent of a two-year-old were able to say, okay, you know what? I need to provide for my family. I'm kind of used to having this level of income. How am I going to let go of this certainty and, and move towards this um, mission that I know is going to help a lot of people, but I don't know how I'm going to make a living or how I'm going to support my family and, and get over these, uh, you know, fearful things that are coming mm -hmm. up. Well, two things come to mind. Uh, one is a practice I, I call experience stacking. And it's in, in its simplest form, it's taking time to think about the situations that we've conquered in life. Because we often forget about those situations. We think of the things that have gone horribly wrong or whatever the case is. And, you know, for me, even when deciding to, to write the book, I mean, I've never written a book before. It's, uh, it was a huge undertaking. Um, and I knew that, but at the same time I was able to rely on, well, you know what? I took a leap out of the corporate world, created an app. Yeah. Financially didn't work out, but we reached a shitload of people. Most apps don't even reach a thousand people. I mean that we conquered in, and, and, and I was a direct part of that. And you know, there's just other, other examples as well. Even just like learning how to mountain bike and, 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 you know, continually, you know, upgrading those skills and doing bigger, bigger things with, with a sport like that. Um, and what that helped do was instill or bring the courage to, 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 to take on the next challenge and to be able to, you know, when I had to delete the app and, and, and know and spending time getting clear and knowing that I am, this is the right work. And just like you said, for exercise, there's a thousand different exercise or, or types of sports or things you can do in that field. It doesn't just mean for doesn't just mean it's just the app in the mental fitness field. There's so many different things I can do. So I just need to find that thing. And I need to trust that um, I am on the right path because it does feel right. And I've, I've spent that time doing the work, but I need to trust the journey that and, and I need to be clear enough to see the right signs moving forward. So I think, you know, getting clear with that and trusting that you have those capabilities, layering on the past experiences to, to, to give that boost of motivation and taking action every day, then, you know, that'll lead to something, right? And I'm still on that path. I'm still very much building you know, almost essentially a, a brand new mental fitness business that um, is, is essentially a one-man show, but um, incorporates all the elements that, that light me up from, you know, the podcast that keep the practices fresh and new to to the book to the one-on-ones to the you know the team mental fitness it's all it's all within the same ecosystem and i you know i don't have it i don't have it nailed but i know it's the right work and i'm going to keep continue to evolve right but it's that mental fitness that's daily that serve as the check-ins for me say okay yeah i am doing the right thing or when I'm down, okay, well, I know which practice that I can, re I can pull my mind out of that survivor mode and get into more of a creation state and just constantly, you know, pulling the right practice or the right prompt to do that because that's, that's essentially what these people are doing. It's not, it's not any more complicated than that, whether it's the billionaire or the Michelin star chef or an award-winning designer. I mean, they're, they're taking time to monitor what's happening in their minds and they're prioritizing stillness so that they can see clearly and, and that they can perform the right actions to, to support the right mountain to climb, right? Yeah, man. Well, you said a lot of gold in there and one of them was talking about failure and what most people tend to do is remember the failure, analyze the failure, stew in the failure, right? So, you yeah. know, your mind be like, I failed in the app and all my friends are, you know, I didn't make any money and just stew in that one thing that didn't work out rather than, you know, asking what did I learn from this, right? And great athletes, yeah. Conor McGregor and, and, and great MMA athletes that have come back say, how did I learn? How am I going to come back from learning from this loss? How can I get better? It's a much more empowering frame and we're really not um, taught how to do that. And I like how you talk about those check-ins because a lot of people will talk about their life purpose and, you know, from doing a lot of that type of coaching, I've discovered it's not an end goal, right? So your life purpose mm -hmm. isn't to start a journaling app, which you did. Um, and it's yeah. not to write a book, which you did. It's the continuous evolution of those daily check-ins. 
it's a path yeah. and you get these new experiences but when you left you know the pharma you probably weren't thinking about maybe you're thinking about the app but then you maybe weren't thinking about the book it's evolving through those daily check-ins and so that's how you can know you're on track because you're consciously mm -hmm. creating your life you're not sitting back and letting it happen to you by default which by default yeah. is most people's engineering from their childhood and their possibilities of the easiest path to make material money and and sustainability yeah. and safety right their drive yeah. is usually just more materialism and more luxury but that's not really a real authentic drive of who they are you know it's a little bit no. of a different thing and so when we are lining up that drive in our will and we're creating life deliberately through those check-ins it's okay if it's an off day because we can um, you know, compensate and respond to that by our reflective process. But if we're not reflecting, we could kind of get stuck for three months, six months, a year, and and, and it all goes down the the chute. Be like, what did I even do that year? And so, yeah, you know that that process really helps us to you know consciously create our lives. And I think that you know that last little bit there was really key. Well, and there's just there there's also this comfort and this this feeling of of satisfaction when you know you do have the power to design your own life. And, you know, I learned, I learned a lot of this just when, when researching and studying Jane Austen and, and taking the approach of like, here's a legendary writer that her work, for example, didn't become famous or widely known until 50 years after she died. Uh, I didn't know that. Um, but when I was going through her, her books and her, her work, like the, the reflection that came to me was, her work is successful because of the way she writes and, and the, all the different characters and the story and the plot and so far and so forth. And our lives are, are not much different. So if we can just pause and think about, well, who, who are the characters that have formed our lives and what experiences have formed up into this point where we're at right now? And not to judge that, you know, we've all come from different paths and we've learned a ton of things. But now, right now, you have the power to write that next chapter. And you also have the power to decide, well, who are the characters in that chapter going to be? And, you know, the end of the story may shift. And to your point, we're always evolving. But you can point yourself down a path that feels most right right now. And we all have that opportunity to do that. And what, what I'm always so blown away with is that that practice or that little moment of, of, of journaling and reflection literally can take only minutes and those minutes of, of writing literally have the power to dictate years of our life in just 10 or 15 minutes of just okay this is where I want to go and to me that always like whenever I think of that I'm like where else can you get such a val like a value add for like a time versus value uh, you know equation than something like that right and, and it's free yeah, absolutely. And I'm reminded of Van Gogh, which I went to that museum and it was incredible. And he was the same where he he didn't get famous until after he had died. And I wonder if he came back and you were able to speak with him. You know, do you wish you made more money? Do you wish you had done these different things? I'm pretty sure he would say, no, this is how my life evolved. And ideally we yeah. can, you know, we can be supported in our own journey and, and be financially abundant through the help and value we provide others. I feel like 90% of us who follow that path will be taken care of. I know everyone that I know that is doing that is taken care of financially. Some of them are very wealthy, some of them are in between, and some of them are on the lower end. Um, it mm -hmm. just kind of depends, but they're very aligned with who they are. And, and you know, they even the people on the lower end, you know, when you go to these other places, you're invited to these other things. You have this abundance. It's not like you're living yeah. you lack. You still have abundance. You just quote unquote own it. You know what I mean? It's yeah. You can still have that quality of life. Um, so they're putting the, the honest intent of who they are first over the materialism and what you're talking about with just that reflective process. I'm just reminded of so many quotes that I can't exactly put my, my um my, it's like measure twice cut once kind of thing and yeah, that yeah. little time so little yep. sit in reflection as long as you need to go in a direction because otherwise where are you going right and then mm -hmm. when you do that and you and you get a response whether it's a success or failure it doesn't matter it's you're you're learning from it right and so exactly. so it's like do you want to play uh hockey or 
or basketball, you know, which one do you enjoy? Sit and reflect, and then you're going to make a choice, and then you go do it. And you're like, you know what? I don't like basketball. Go try some hockey. So it's just like a simple rudimentary example. But when we get older, it's like, do you want to write a book? Do you want to learn about wellness, or do you want to learn about mindset? You're, okay, you like mindset stuff? Do you like neurolinguistic programming, or do you like stoicism, right? Ryan Holiday went into stoicism, you know, and, and kind of made a life doing that. And so, again, you just yeah. you just really just continue this refining process of who you are through taking an action. And, and as you continue cycling it it refines right exactly. and I've, talk, I've talked about this on the heading of a ship most people don't know if they're going north east south or west they're going with the school of fish right and yeah. so when you start to reflect then you start to steer You're like oh, okay i want to go north and then it's like northwest and then it just refines each and every day and there's no set end it's just a, a compilation of experiences and when you do this you notice these experiences that the creator god puts in your way that you go oh interesting I know that I'm on my path because yeah. that's way too random for that. Yeah. You know, that's way too random to happen. And you get these little tiny winks. Uh, one of one of my clients actually is in the in the group was telling me, I talked about silver and how um, my Native American friends, David Lonebear, he told me that spirit doesn't understand money because it doesn't exist. It's fake, right? The fiat currency. He's like, but it does understand silver. It does understand there's a spiritual weight to silver. So I said, he's like, okay, so uh, pray for silver. So when I did that, Somebody sent me 25, this was a few years ago now, 25 coins of silver within like a month. I was like, what the hell? That's crazy. One of my clients did that. He did a little prayer and he gets a 50 cent piece. He goes like the next day he gets a 50 cent piece in the States. That's I think, I don't know how much percentage of silver is like, I've never got one of those in my life. I was like, that's so weird, but it just yeah. shows, um, I think at the very least the intent right? It's yeah. the, it's starting to be intentional and say, okay, you know, I don't influence everything because there is a greater picture here, but mm -hmm. now I am constant, consciously choosing how I want to play, how I want to show up, how I respond and, and, and I'm accountable for my mistakes so that I can evolve and improve my, my mental, emotional, and spiritual being on this planet with the time that I have. Yeah. Well, and I see the same thing playing out when, when we're in, when our minds and when we're feeling happy and energized and alive then all of a sudden you know you get that email or you get that phone phone call or that opportunity or the silver arrives like it's just stuff just starts to seems it seems like randomly arrive but i don't think it's random at all right it's because we're we're on the right path and we're in this state it's 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 no different than like starting the day off and heard this a thousand times like you hit your foot or stub your toe or something like until you shift that energy the day is off and there's going to be more, more of that coming in, right? So if we can start our days again with, 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 with whatever mental fitness works for you, but start our days in a, in a great mood, in a great mindset, then it's, it's just, you're operating from a, from a place of abundance in, in all senses of the word. Yeah, 100% because it works both ways, right? You can you can go by default and everything kind of is like, oh, I stubbed my toe and then this happened, this happened, and I'm just a victim. To I'm a creator. Yeah. I stubbed my toe. Hold on. Wait one second. I'm going to take in a couple of deep breaths. I'm going to just alchemize this. Now I'm going to set the intent that the rest of my day will go smoothly. And that's what you do in martial arts. You have to remain your remain calm as someone's punching you in the face and they might be beating the crap out of you for a whole round or even two rounds of the fight or even four rounds but as long as your mind you you've stayed centered and boom you yeah. get yours and like there we go right because the mind is the strongest part but the second that it gets in your head you're done you know you're yeah. not going to be responding to that situation anymore it's the same with life it's like those things are just understanding that they're going to happen and again applying that little bit of space the little bit of reflection and intention can change the whole game um, bro, I could talk to you all day. I'm, I'm so stoked yeah, that this too. book is in, in reality. There's a lot of other you know, avenues we could go on, but I definitely recommend people check this out because it's just, it's it's simple brilliance. Like you said, it's very, very simple. The Art of War, that book, The Tao Te Ching is, is simple, but they're very brilliant. There's a lot of wisdom that you can take from those. And this journaling practice is so key for people. So I'm just curious, is there anything that you wish that I'd asked or that you want to talk about before we uh, close it out? Because I know you got a few things to do and just want to honor your time. Yeah, no, not, I mean, I would just, I'd just leave uh, listeners with and, and the viewers with, like, just be open, be open to trying new things. And I think most importantly, just be kind to yourself, right? Like, give yourself some self-love, try some things, be, have fun with the prompts, uh, try practices that you know, or, or, or do activities that you know, put a smile on your face. 
and like you just you really can't go wrong and if you follow that curiosity it's just going to lead to so many other beautiful experiences i mean yeah it's just uh it's it's something that it's a loop that it just continues to give so i wish i wish everyone uh, a fun journey down the mental fitness road and i want to thank you for essentially putting it out in the universe is setting that intention for this book <laughs> as i feel like you were one of the first to to really uh put that out there so thank you here it oh, is yeah. my pleasure dude. well it had to be a book so right everybody's got their own journey right you're the one who had to make this book i think i was like bro you're like the perfect guy let's get this book's got to be made people need you know somebody's got to champion this this can't you know die just like martial arts is like this you know process has gone for years we need new teachers we need people pushing that forward right and so self-reflection and the art of self-reflection the art of creativity is so important and ideally there's gonna be more people championing that and and promoting mm -hmm. that and the value of that because it's so important and it's almost becoming a lost art right as they yeah try to wipe out all these practice practices that are really good um where can people are you still doing the podcast where can people find yeah. uh, your work and your podcast and the book if they want to go get it yeah one link has it all and it's uh it's also the name of the show it's called behind the human so behind the human.com you'll see the book is there uh the podcast as well as all the socials and so forth and and i'm accessible so i mean please just shoot me a message let me know uh, whether it's book related or not i mean let me know any practices or prompts that have really been instrumental in your uh rituals and routine and, and lives because as you're probably probably gathering uh i'm a bit of a collector of of questions and curator of prompts so i'd love to hear uh which ones are, are resonating for you amazing well thanks for thanks for writing the book man thanks for making that leap out of big pharma coming over here yeah. and helping people with their self-reflection processes but yeah i can't recommend the book highly enough a big huge fan of mark and his podcast and who he is so check out the book and thanks for coming on brother thank you all right, man. See everybody. Thanks for listening. Peace. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen, the absolutely phenomenal Mark Champagne. I hope that you enjoyed that show. And if you did, please share this episode, leave a review on iTunes, become a member and support the show at mattbelair.com. Um, get the word out. And uh, yeah, that's about it. Um, thank you so much for listening. I always appreciate your time and your attention and hope to bring you the best guests in the world and just love, you know, feel privileged to be able to have conversations with people like Mark. Uh, if you want to follow the work, telegram t.me forward slash mattbelair is a great place to follow. Get on the email list if i can support you in any way as far as coaching getting clear on your life purpose um going deep into spirituality tools and peak performance and mindset uh you can check out soul compass the quantum heart hypnosis so there's a set of powerful audios and also mastermind and one-on-one -on -one coaching so there's a lot of opportunity if you'd like to work together uh, get acquainted and dive deeper if i can support any of your goals and journeys or or challenges that you're having so have a beautiful day thank you so much for listening let's come into a state of peace and coherence before we close this out wherever you are in the world just stop what you're doing take in a deep breath in through your nose hold that breath and let it out slowly filling every cell muscle and fiber of your being with peace joy contentment courage faith and get ready to enjoy the rest of your day so thank you so much for listening and we'll see you in the next episode